The Gospel today is from Matthew 18. Please be seated. <clears throat> Jesus said to his disciples, If your brother and sister sin against you, go and tell them their fault between you and them alone. If they listen to you, <clears throat> you have won over your brother and your sister. If they do not listen, take one or two others along with you, so that every fact may be established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they refuse to listen to them, tell the church. If they refuse to listen even to the church, then treat them as you would Gentiles or tax collectors. Amen, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, amen, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by the heavenly Creator. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. People of God, hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, to begin, it's um, good to be back. <laughs> um, I want to thank Tom for giving me the opportunity to talk on this Sunday. That's a very interesting time. But I also want to thank all of you for uh, the commissioning to uh, serve in hospice chaplaincy the last 20 weeks. Uh, I have now completed half of the um, 1,200 hours of training before one can become a chaplain. Um, and uh, so that was going to go straight ahead, except that the uh, National Accrediting Agency changed the curriculum requirements. <clears throat> and uh, so the training facility uh, that we're using um, is delaying the more advanced training for a year from October. So I have a year, <laughs> a little bit of a holiday. We'll see if I live through it. <laughs> but while I was serving in hospice, um, I recall relative to today's text, a woman that I visited and when I came into the room, she was clearly very anxious. And when I introduced myself, she said, the tribulation is coming. It's coming now, you know that. And I said, tell me more. She said, well, for years I've been preaching to my family and my friends, you have to understand the end is coming. And now God's put me in this bed. I'm only in my 50s. I'm not ready to go. I still have people to convince. My mother didn't speak to me for 20 years and died at the age of 97. I've just got to do this. So I listened and tried to reduce her anxiety. Um, and uh, we move on. The reason I bring this up is that the readings today bear strongly on this. And bear with me just a little bit. Ezekiel was, uh, we know, as a prophet, but in fact he was a descendant of Aaron's son, Eleazar, if I've got that one right. And um, 
he was captured uh, when uh, the uh, Jerusalem was taken, the first temple was torn down, and he was, uh, along with others from Jerusalem, taken off to Babylon. When he got there, he served as a, a priest for the Jews, and that became quite a strong community of Jews for centuries afterwards. But his message was that the end seems to have come but it's still hope in the future. The God of mercy will still give us um, a temple back, a spiritual home. And it was, of course, many generations, several generations went by before, in fact, uh, it was true that the community he was a key part of writing to in Babylon did, in fact, many of them come back to Jerusalem. And the leadership of Babylon, the uh, diaspora of Jews was sort of split, those in Jerusalem and, and many who stayed in Babylon. But it was divine judgment that he preached and that there is a, uh, a future that is bright and the temple will be restored. That was accurate. It took a while. Jack Spong, whom many of you know, says, you got to read the Gospels with Jewish eyes. So, uh, for the Jewish author Matthew, Matthew has written after the second temple was destroyed and the Jews were driven out of Jerusalem. Uh, they made their way to a coastal city to reconstitute themselves that became rabbinic Judaism. Um, but Matthew has constructed his entire gospel around the theme that um, Jesus is the new Moses, come to deliver his people from the coming judgment of God, and that there would be uh, the kingdom of God down the road, but that it was imminent. And Matthew was crying out to his people, the Jews that he preached to in northern uh, Galilee area, the time is time now. Get with it. We have to join together uh, to uh, be ready for the kingdom that's coming. And it's, of course, coming through Jesus. Paul's words that we read today are also uh, very uh, much from Torah scripts. The words are taken even in Matthew and in Paul. The words are uh, ancient teachings within Judaism that uh, Paul is preaching at that time. And his mission was to convert all to this kind of homogeneous uh, salvation. And it would only come, the kingdom would only come when everybody uh, accepted Christ as the Messiah. Well, for all of these three people, the uh, coming of the messianic kingdom of God was or is even today and many times before this, an urgent prophetic calling for those who are chosen. The larger message of Matthew, Ezekiel, and Paul was one of God's ultimate mercy in the new kingdom of God yet to come. Uh, I've thought a lot about this in the last few months um, and have come to finally conclude my struggle over what Jesus was all about 
for me. Um, I personally believe that Jesus was not thinking of himself as the promised Messiah that the Jews still long for. I think that uh, uh, he, at his baptism on the River Jordan, and his uh, wilderness experience, found God inside him, a presence of divine love that filled him, just filled him with the love that is God now, the kingdom within, the power of the Spirit within one, a powerful conversion that says there's more to it than just following Torah, the law of the Jews. There's more to it. God is in fact imminent and not just up in the sky. He's with us now. He's in our body, in our minds, in our soul, in our spirit. And that was his teaching. It was transformative. And it, it um, when the Gospels, when you read Paul, Paul had that kind of experience of what we call, what Richard Rohr calls the cosmic Christ, but the nature of God that is the Christ. Um, Paul experienced it in his revelation on the road when he heard the words um, that uh, he attributes to Jesus. Uh, go away. My, my darn watch is speaking to me. Uh, so, this to me is the transformation that Jesus experienced, that he taught, that he preached, that he practiced. And his followers absorbed that, but we know that uh, his ministry ended with his death. But it was Jesus' faith in God that allowed this to happen. He knew God, he embodied God, he was the incarnation of God's love around us and with us. This for me is the transformation that occurred to Paul and it's occurred to us. It is our trans uh, transformation. It's a saving message of universality of the love of God that's present and the songs we've sung today uh, go to that point very, very clearly. The Gentile followers, I'm sorry, the Torah is based on the ultimate mercy of God at the end. But Jesus taught, no, the kingdom starts now, it starts with you, starts with each one of you, and we build on that. And that's what, in fact, allowed the church to be what it is today, or could be. Um, but there's a difference here that's quite important, difference between uh, Judaism today and Christianity. I've been studying with a rabbi recently, if you didn't catch on. But, uh, uh, and that is that instead of focusing on the law, as Paul was saying, it's not about the law. It's about the love of God, the love of each other. And that famous golden rule was in fact a rabbinic statement that preceded Paul, preceded Jesus, uh, but it's absolutely true. And as one ancient rabbi said, if you do those two things, 
you've met all the requirements of Torah if you truly love yourself and love others as yourself. You fulfill the requirements of Torah. Were it not for Paul and the evangelical followers of Paul who experienced this transformative power of God's love that uh, they experienced through their uh, the baptism of Jesus, um, got off on a track there, I'm sorry. Take your time. Yeah. Um, the um, I'm not sure that the Jewish followers of Jesus uh, would have survived because of the focus on Torah. It's not completely obvious, but one wonders um, because it is a really uh, important aspect of what Paul taught that others taught in the Gentile community that responded to critical needs there to experience the divine love that one can embody by faith in God. And I thank you again for the song, the opening song in particular. God is love, God is here, God is within each one of us today. So I give thanks to God. I give thanks to the teaching, the life, the journey, the preaching of Jesus. If we could ever really uncover all the, the words that he spoke. But it was the followers after him who experienced this embodiment of love, this rush of love for God that, em that they embodied following um, you know, 40 days, whatever number actually occurred. It transformed their community and they went forth from there. But I think that it is a message that everyone responded to in the Gentile community and that is God is present, God is love, and we are the embodiment of it. So we give thanks for that. To me, it could be and must be the salvation of the world. Amen. Amen. Take your questions, comments.